and, and with, with that, that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you got me, man. You got me. You got me. Is Jackass Two streaming or theaters only? <laughs> or not Jackass Two, but Jackass, Jackass forever. forever. Depends on who produced it. If it's Warner Brothers, I think they still have that deal where it's a it's a joint release with streaming and well, Midnight Alley is now on HBO, so that did not have a long time in the theaters. If you know what movie that is, yeah, the Venice. It's not. Is it Guillermo del Toro, the one with like Bradley Cooper and Rain on the Money? stuff yeah. what about jojo rabbit did jojo rabbit last long in theaters uh that was pre-covid right that was pre-covid and i think good... jojo rabbit really i think it won some awards not gonna lie yeah i think it did yeah it was best it won for best adapted screenplay the yeah. academy award yeah i just i still haven't seen it it's wild i actually thought about that movie yesterday i was like well we've been saying its name for i know you guys call but call and beat that but it started just because i would just randomly say it and pat would get mad because i haven't seen it but yes it's a it's a nice little embed that could be our next movie review is jojo rabbit jackass forever not too you really want to see this jackass? Yeah, I know you're you're all in on the jackass. Of course, I want to see jackass forever. It's jackass. I mean, I'll get around to it. I'm not. It's a great jumping out of my institution of American cinema. I don't disagree with you. I just think personally, it's hard to watch that stuff now that we have like long term perspective on the type of shit they were doing to their bodies <laughs> like see in the state that steve-o was in for a while thankfully he's pulled himself out of it and i'm happy about that but it's i mean if they want to do that and they make a shit ton of money off of it then they they chose to do that and they keep choosing to make these movies so okay th- because it brings us, it brings us entertainment I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I understand you want to see people get fucked up. Yeah, I do. I understand that. But I think, you know, (laughs) would Johnny Knoxville have still done that if he had known he would need a catheter for the rest of his life? I don't know. Would he do that? You're going to have to ask him that. (sighs) And here he is. I'm sure he has been asked that question many times. Why the fuck are you doing this? And I don't know the answer or his answer. Because it's hilarious. It is funny. He did get fucked up from that bull, I guess, on this most recent one. He's been fucked up by so many things. Well, yeah, so many things. He doesn't do like if you you know if you watch the Jackasses, the TV show might be a little different. But if you watch the movies, he like doesn't do a lot of the stuff. But the ones he does do are the like like they have a lot of stupid ones that are like (laughs) you know painful and just like you get slapped by a giant hand but it's not necessarily like low-key like life or death if it goes wrong but those are the ones that knoxville does i love (laughs) i love the ones when they're just like they go in like the toilet store and they just start taking shits in the (laughs) the toilet That's yeah. that's like the stupid stuff you're talking about. I love but. I mean I just love the like stunts. 
just the stupid stunts that just they have no regard for themselves in any any possible way and and they always prank well, there's always one guy that they prank that's so great every time the big and I think dude. this one they like say this guy's gonna get punched in the groin by a boxer by a lightweight boxer and it turns out it's that guy who it's that like UFC heavyweight guy <laughs> or something like that <laughs> I think his name's Preston is it Preston I don't no know Preston's it. like the big dude Preston's okay, like yeah, the big yeah. guy I don't know like I you know I mean there's obviously like Wee Man and then there's Steve-O and Knoxville and um, I think Bam is like in and out of rehab quite a bit. I I don't know if he's in this one. He's local to the Philly suburbs. Shout really? out Delco. Yeah. I think I'm Ryan sh- Dunn or whatever his name was. I think he died in like a car accident. And then. Oh uh, yeah. You don't know. I mean, they they bring in, you know, they cycle in like celebrities now and then too. Like 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 D list guys generally. But I think like Machine Gun Kelly is one of them. Oh God. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what promos they they've done for like like hallway taser course or something, you know. It's just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal content. I mean the one that just it's horrible, but it's the one that's ingrained in my mind. I think it was from the third movie where they have this kind of scenic diorama esque paint like set up going with these hills these little toy houses or whatever and then this one hill is flesh-shaped and all of a sudden sudden starts spewing shit everywhere because it's somebody's (laughs) ass who's laying down for the set and it's just that was that one's nasty as shit good all right and with that ladies and gentlemen welcome to the 29th episode of No Country for Big Men. Woo-hoo-hoo. Almost to that big 3-0. You know, just seems like yesterday Jacko and I started this thing. But really, it was it was about a year ago that we, we started this podcast. And RJ wasn't on board yet. He was soon to be. Second episode. He was negotiating. Yes, yes, he was. He was pulling some Rich Paul shit. He was a okay. holdout. It was a holdout. But we got him on board. I think he was the missing puzzle piece to this grand thing we call a podcast. <laughs> so I am joined today by my co- <laughs> I'm joined today by my fellow co hosts, Ryan, aka Rocco. Alive, Rocco! I want him alive! And by Jack. A.K.A. Jacko. There we go. I am not. For all you haters sliding into my DMs, still, you guys are relentless. I have not used that nickname yet. It has been used on the show, but not for the intro of the show. So, just want to get that out there. Do you know how you can go on YouTube and you can watch, like... You know, the, just the Simpsons has all the different intros, like, every time. That's pretty soon there's going to be YouTube compilations of just all the all the different nicknames. YouTube compilations of the audio. 
Yeah. My my favorite version of that sort of meme is the old high school teacher who's wearing like this different shirt every time but the same outfit a polo and khakis and he just has the hello as he walks in the classroom and it just has it day after day and it's in the same tone hello i don't know if your guys's bosses on the zooms or whatever have the same intro but my boss does and i can just i hear it in my head before i hear it through my ears it is a little bit of a mind fuck. Well, I hope that my intro is stained into y'all's memories. I hope that you dream and you wake up hearing, and with that, welcome. Oh, I forgot the ladies and gentlemen, but okay. yeah, you well, can. clearly I'm not. I haven't mastered it. <laughs> but hey, put that. I, this is this is a big alert. This is a big statement, and this is big news coming from the no country. For Big Man Universe. Okay, you ready? This podcast is no longer a podcast about the 76ers and the Warriors. This podcast is about Maxi and Maxi only, baby. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is, I'm clearly referring to last night's game. We're recording, actually, we're not recording this on a Wednesday. Look at some, a little switch up for y'all. We're recording this on Tuesday, last night. Monday, January 31st, Maxi outplayed John ja Morant and gave the 76ers a, a very nice home win against the Memphis Grizzlies. And they're playing without Embiid. And we all thought they were done for. I mean, I mean, I did. I, I, you know what? It was going to have to be a team win. And the team came through. Hey, Ryan, your guy, Tobias. 31 points, and he was pretty consistent all game, coming up with a few clutch shots at the end. Sethin, although he had a cold start, he was coming up super clutch late, hitting a couple key jumpers, a couple key threes, and had a gnarly-ass layup uh, close to the end of the fourth. Yeah, I mean, one of eight from three. Those are Steph numbers. Yes. Yes, I told you we had the better Curry. Maybe not last (laughs) night. That's true. And then Drummond, I mean, he had 23 rebounds. And Yeah, that was absurd. Yeah. You know who else had a really tough layup that if I had known what he was going for, I would tell him 10 out of 10 times, please do not Drummond. take that shot. Drummond. But it went in. No. Oh. With Drummond, it did not go in, I'm pretty sure. No, he had he had a nice Tease. pass from Tease. Oh, Tease. Yes, yes, Tease I remember had that. that off the glass look that never in a million years would I want him to take that, but he did confidently and it was right in the hoop. <laughs> it was it was like a Simmons sort of sky hook, you know, just running full speed and then just yeah. fucking tossing it up there and uh, hopefully it goes in. But, I mean, one thing I saw from this team last night and when Joel was absent was they, they just seemed to play a lot faster. They're able to book it in transition and it seems like the paint is a lot more cleared up. So, I think one thing is that like when this team needs a bucket, like when they need something to go for them, whether it's free throws or whatever, they struggle with that because they just dish it down to Joel whenever they need him to ISO. And he's, I mean, he is a key part of the offense. And so even when he gets doubled, you know, that opens up other shooters. So that was just something to look at last night. And that was a point going in. It had to be a team win and it was a team win. And, I mean, going on Sixers Twitter today, Simmons 
per usual, is <laughs> getting thrown in the trash, getting tossed around like a fucking rag doll, while Maxie is like <laughs> the new face of the Philadelphia 76ers, at gotta least for now. It. I love it too. You gotta love it too. And I just want to get your guys' opinions on, I don't know, Maxie? And I mean... <laughs> Okay, we don't have to do your opinions on Maxi, but no, no. I mean, I Maxi was great. He's been everything we could have asked for and more. I think it's funny that you say he outplayed Jaw. I don't know. If I he mean, he didn't. He didn't really. No. Jaw, but no. he got the win, which is what counts. And yeah, that was a fun ass win to watch. You could tell with Kate Scott, the play-by-play announcer, she was into it. It was, it was great energy all around. And yeah, you're right. Like. I agree with all the points you made about Sethin coming it coming on later in the second half. Drummond being a beast in the first half kind of settled down, but was always trying to provide effort in any way that he can. Was not feeling confident when Embiid was rested, but like you said, Pat, these guys have to get their minutes. They have to get their minutes in pressure situations without their MVP, just in case, you know, for some reason we don't have him, whether it's foul trouble or whatever, but gotta love the win shows off our depth a little bit and we were still missing your favorite guy Corkmaz, who that's right oh, too thank so. you so much for bringing that up when i heard that he was out i was pretty devastated i thought we we're for sure gonna lose then you know after <laughs> receiving that news but i just gotta say john morant He's fucked up. He's like he is. He is ridiculous, dude. He is ridiculous. Every time he had the ball, I'm like this is not good for the Sixers. He was cooking teeth on like he. This man, he's gonna be a problem. He is, and he's something to watch. Like he's just so crazy, especially when he drives into the paint. His body is so out of control, but he's able to just have that perfect touch and whether it's a ton of contact or he's just flying through the defense. It, it's insane. So that I, I think that added to the Sixers game was like, and I texted you guys this too earlier in the night. I'm like, this is some like sloppy basketball because the defense wasn't great, but man, it was, it was some fa- fun basketball at the same time. Memphis is a good watch. I mean, they've been yeah. sort of the second half of last year, a good watch and jaw lets you know, but he is something, uh, something to, <laughs> to, to watch yeah. night in night out. I mean, the guy is incredible. I mean, they, had a career high insane whatever or he hit a career high in threes and knocked the warriors out of the plane i mean i guess knocked them out of they didn't knock them out of the playoffs because they weren't in the playoffs they knocked them out of the play in i i, I don't know what actually the right they wording had to play is an there. extra game yeah no you're, you're right uh nonetheless i mean that was kind of the the start of some of it was at the end of last year. And I mean, jaw has hit the ground running. So he, he, there is, there is definitely a certain caliber of player, which when your team is going up against them and they have the ball, you have a certain feeling where you're like, Oh crap. Yep. (laughs) And like, he's getting up there for sure. I mean, when he has the ball, there's definitely some, you're watching it go like, all right, it's probably not gonna, it's probably not gonna, Work out for my team here. Even in moments where we played good defense on him, like Drummond came up and pressured and contested his shot, he just has the body control to contort himself 
and make it a good look at the rim regardless. He is such an elite finisher. It's ridiculous. And you're right, Jack. He's he's totally the guy that's like, oh, shit, here we go. But but it makes it more fun, too. Would have loved to see how Embiid uh, would have fared in that matchup, kind of contrasting styles or, or uh, like polar opposites of players in terms of just the positions they play between those two stars. But, uh, yeah, got to love that game. Desmond Bain, too. Lights out. Yeah, what the hell? Sharpshooter. It's funny because, like, he's just, like, jacked. But, like, usually, like, the really huge dudes don't have much touch on the ball, but he was knocking it down from three. Yeah, sometimes when I go to the – I mean – this is that's true for Iraq basketball too. Sometimes yeah. you see those like super jack dudes and you think that they'll be really good and then they're just bricks and they just can't move <laughs> and you're like, Oh, sick. Well, I'm <laughs> half your size, but I'm just gonna go right around you. Yeah. And um I mean yeah, Jaws skinny as hell. Like yeah. I mean, they're I mean, Luca's not even in shape. He is jacked. He is jacked. Uh I don't know like know what combo god-given combo jacked and and coordinated enough to shoot is but they found somebody pretty pretty intriguing to watch as well <laughs> in desperate pain just from a like aesthetic point of view like man because if you think about it i mean like you know there's there are the freaks like lebron you know Giannis. like who is just yeah i mean even Giannis, like he's put on a lot of weight since he's yeah. ripped i would say he's ripped not he's ri- like Le- what i might Dwight. point is yeah, LeBron is like the perfectly proportional big human being that's also like six nine, where Giannis is like uh, a little disproportionate. A little bit long. like he's not like he's longer like I mean Durant is the farthest thing from jacked like basketball <laughs> players can definitely be definitely do not need to be big old muscular dudes. And no. yeah, like you said, Patrick, a lot of those guys are like stiff or or you know, they're big but they're not particularly coordinated. Steven Adams. They're gym oh, shark yes. nerds. Steven Adams is Steven Adams is definitely up there in terms of freakiness, in terms of his body, because he is massive. Absolutely insane. Embiid is dodging him. <laughs> I don't blame Embiid, dude. I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to play that guy. I wonder if there's actually like injury history there or something, because he did sit out last time against the Grizzlies as well for rest purposes, I believe, so I don't know. We have to investigate that. I would love to go to a Thanksgiving meal with the Adams family because that family has a shit ton of siblings and they're all super athletes. I should say mega athletes. They're fucking Adams. Yeah, the Adams. The Adams family. The Adams family. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Oi. Look at that, eh? <laughs> nice, nice. That's, that's not the, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, that wasn't terrible. I'm not going to try and do it again because it'll be worse. But um, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, he's got a sister who's like an Olympic shot putter or something. I was going to say, yeah, oh, one of them geez. or maybe two of them are, are Olympians. But my last point for this is to never trust a gym shark nerd. Those are the, those are the buff guys that are bad. Shout at Shout out Grant Lee Park. Shout out Grunt. Well, uh, as we are recording this right now, there's there's a noise. There's a noise I'm hearing. That's that's my tongue. But it's trying to imitate 
the trade deadline clock because it is ticking. And right now we are nine days away from recording this. So maybe by the time you hear this episode, trade deadline, we will be done. And Simmons' future will be decided for the rest of this season. He's still going to be a sixer. <laughs> I don't. I just don't see Daryl moving him at this point in the season, especially with the reports coming out. Granted, we have no idea, especially all members of the media, have no idea what is being discussed, what is happening with these talks. So when reports come, come out, like the Kings are uninterested in, in Simmons anymore, you know, that, that could be... That could be false. It could still be dealing, wheeling, dealing, but who am I? I'm just a silly little podcaster who used to be a Simmons stan, and now I'm a Simmons hater. So, I don't know. <laughs> the season sort of hurts because seeing where the Sixers are right now in the East, they're third in the East, without one of their all-stars, this, I mean, in the end, can they compete for a championship? Probably not. They don't have a full roster. So, it bums me out a little bit because it feels like Simmons isn't going to be dealt. You guys tell me how how you're feeling with this whole situation moving forward. <laughs> I know we've we've stayed away from Simmons for a while, thankfully, but now but the trade deadline is upon us. Yes, it's looming. It's right there. It's around the and corner. And I think by the time we record again in 2 weeks, the trade deadline will have passed. Yep. So, this is our pre-trade deadline podcast. Yep, I already I so. said that. <laughs> well, you seemed like you were wavering on your vindication Conviction, for this segment. Yes. <laughs> no, I was, I, I wasn't wavering. You know, I, I'm still a believer in my bet that Simmons won't be. <laughs> he's not playing for the Sixers anymore. Even if he is a Sixer for the rest of the season, I don't think he plays. No, I think you're winning that bet. But I just, I don't know, you know, you mentioned that we're third in the East and that it would be really upsetting to quote-unquote waste this season without that that roster spot that Ben's taken being filled by someone else who can contribute. But what I would argue is we're third in the East without him, you know. And I think a lot of people will assume that we can't contend in for a final spot because of what we imagine the final form of some of these other contenders to be, namely the Nets if they're healthy and, you know, the Kyrie situation sorts itself out. The Bucks haven't hit their stride yet. Obviously, the Bulls, now Lonzo's out, and the Heat have had injuries too. And so I think people see those teams and think, well, there's no chance that the Sixers can compete with those teams what we currently are right now and what if those teams that this final form that we're envisioning for them what if it never comes to fruition anything can happen I'm not taking anything for granted but I think why shouldn't we just keep on going with what we've got so far and again not try to run into a trade that maybe isn't ideal for us again I'm I'm sticking with this idea that you want to maximize value from it I don't know if you're going to get max value here at the trade deadline let's wait for the summer I'd rather see that anyways and see what 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 could happen you never know warrior sixers finals as predicted I hope so <laughs> that would be amazing 
That would be incredible. The numbers on this show skyrocket. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I think I'm also at the point with who? Where with who? Who do you agree with? With Ryan. Oh God. Damn. I I agree on that. I think I'm at the point where, even though da- there's no question, Daryl Morey is going to get ripped if he doesn't make a move, because there's going to be people that are on the you're wasting the season of Embiid. You know, you've got the MVP. Oh, <gasps> whoa! That's I think favorite. That was Still, he still admitted something. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You know, you've got this incredible season from Joel. You know, you're wasting, you're wasting it. But I, I, I mean, if the reports seem to be true that there might be genuine interest from James Harden in the summer, like. You know, I mean, the Portland situation, what the hell are they going to do to convince Damian Lillard to stay? And I don't see Philadelphia biting on any kind of C.J. McCollum deal for Ben Simmons. No. Um, No. You know, I mean, I think at this point in the season, Daryl Morey is like a big fish hunter. He was in Houston. Um, I, I don't have this looked up at the moment because it just popped into my head, but I'm pretty confident. I've even heard him say like, you know, I mean, every GM knows this, but like you, you need to have like, you know, two like top 20 guys, like two top 30 guys, like to, to win. Like he, he's not just gonna move around the edges because, you know, for example, a McCollum is available or something like he knows it's about stars. And even though he might be, wasting this year because yeah i i also agree i I still don't think that even the sixers team now is as good as a fully realized one of those other teams that ryan listed and yes we'll see if that happens but i i really can't see them winning the east without a complete roster but nonetheless like i'd rather those deals that i think would be available now i think would also be available in the summer but also there's the possibility that Harden, Lillard, hey. Bradley Beal, other higher level guys are available in the summer. And it's it's short-sighted to like, ideally Joel has, you know, he's a big guy. We'll see how he ages. But like, ideally he's entering his prime as we speak. Like, it'd be short-sighted to make a move just now for this season when you might have the possibility to maximize his entire prime. And like, I think that's how Daryl's going to think about this and he might get ripped in the short term and it might be painful in the short term, but I think it's much more beneficial for them to wait to the summer at this point. Completely agree, Jack. And especially on that last point about this weird narrative that we're wasting Embiid's prime somehow First off, we're enjoying the fruits of his prime. He's the reason they're in third. Get to that in a second. But also, like you said, he's got many years left in him, and he's a skilled big man. Like there is, you know, there's obviously physicality to his game, but we've seen other people, other players, you know, kind of mature into a different kind of game as they age. That is more catered to their body's capabilities. And to that point, I tweeted this out. Joel has been playing basketball 
for 12 years now. Most guys have been playing their entire life. He could still be just learning and elevating his game from an IQ standpoint year after year still. I don't even know if he's reached his final form there. And so I think that he, this ceiling that we have for him, it might not even be fully realized yet because, again, there's still sometimes sloppy play. He doesn't always, he ha, he, like we've mentioned with the Jokic debate, he isn't as skilled of a passer, and I think that can develop. But I, I don't think that, you know, it's worth like you said, going pushing the chips in with a Ben Simmons trade for something other than the maximum that we can get, which Harden, I would love a pick-and-roll offense with Joel oh. and Harden. That would be oh. excellent shoe-in title. Give me yeah. that ring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Give me that how ring. How could it not be? How could yeah, it not be? I mean, Harden has always delivered, right? Always. <laughs> most. He's always... Oh, man. I mean, Jack, I was going to ask you earlier. You don't think Tobias is a top 20 player? I mean, come on. What the hell? <laughs> you know, he didn't make the cut. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. But if he gets better, you know, <laughs> he could push top 40. He's past his prime. Top 50. Jeez. I would hope he's top 50. No, and like, look, you get to the summer. I mean... You probably have a little bit more flexibility in terms of what you can do. A team might be more open to taking on that Tobias contract or at least finding a third party to dump him on and you try and attach picks. I, I, I mean, I it's so complicated for Philadelphia right now to bring in a big star, move Ben, and also try and move Tobias because that's clearly the three priorities is get off Tobias, get off Ben, bring in, you know, somebody worthy of a championship. So you think Tobias is getting moved no matter what? Well, I don't, well, I don't know if anybody will bite, but I guarantee you that moving Tobias, uh, to be honest, might be as much of a priority as moving Ben. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, to be honest, one of the worst contracts in the league and Tobias, <laughs> like, like that's what he is. Yeah. And then, I mean, I yeah. mean, it's not like, like I, you know, I mean, good for him, but the guy's going to make like $45 million in two, you know, the next year or something like that. I mean, it's a, it's a max slot. It's a spendy slot for any team in the luxury tax as well. So it's like, it's a com, it's an extremely complex situation. I don't like hearing this. <laughs> Well, and it's funny, too, as I think about it, for the exact reasons that Jack's outlining, it is a really just unappealing contract to take on, even if you're a fan of the player that Tobias Harris is and has proven to be, you know, continuously year over year. You know, I don't think Ben is enough of a sweetener, given his situation either, so Pat's not going to like this, but if it's Ben and Tobias... There has to be a third attractive younger asset attached to that. Whether it's Seth, I don't know how old Seth is. Um, it would be it would be probably Max here. Nah. Well, so I <laughs> but I I was gonna mention those names, but I've heard from reports that Thibel is off the table, which <laughs> okay, I would good. say okay, for good. me is means for sure that Maxi is, and I would have to think that Maxi is. 
but that also leaves Cork no, Moss. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. Whatever it, it, you do, whatever you do, <laughs> you can get rid of JoJo, for God's sake. Whoa! <laughs> but you're keeping fucking Cork Moss, as, no, Cork Moss, as some people say. It's funny listening to the other announcers try to pronounce his name. Quackmas. <laughs> that is so incredibly dependent on how they're moving Tobias and if, are they moving to buy I mean moving Tobias and Ben at, at, to one team like that have to be a three-way Ooh. deal where Ben's going one way Tobias is going another way you're getting stuff from both those teams because fitting two max contracts to one team I don't think there's anybody that's gonna do that so uh, like you know the stu- the stumbling oh god <laughs> oh my god they have like five <laughs> ad lebron <laughs> russell tobias and simmons <laughs> oh um look the major stumbling block that people are bringing up for the harden thing is why would you know i mean why would they be willing to give philadelphia harden a I mean, divisions don't really mean crap, but you do play that team more times in the regular season than you do teams out of your division. Nonetheless, they'd be a direct competitor in the East, but at the same time, it'd pretty much probably be down. Some people say it can be a free agent, but I think the only way that Philadelphia could pull that off is with the sign-in trade because they can't, or at least totally dumping Simmons and or Harris on a team that it just has a max cap space and is willing to take them on for, I, I don't know. It, it, it gets into just really like complex scenarios. Hey, sir, that I, send them to Indiana. <laughs> you'd I have, would love you, that. You'd have to like, like you might be sending your, all your first round picks into bias Harris to the thunder. Gideon shy. <laughs> no, for like, <laughs> for like nothing in return, just so you no. can create oh, some level oh, of cap no. space oh, in order. To, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know. I also love how I just plucked their two best assets. <laughs> First thing is, I want Simmons off the team. Second thing is, I would love it if he was in a small market team like Indiana, Cleveland, Sacramento. That's too close to L.A. For my liking because i want him to suffer <laughs> i want him to suffer you know it's not like an it's not like the clippers it's not like the lakers it's not like a big team like that or no Knicks, and those teams like but i don't those teams i don't even know if they'd want him i no i just want him to suffer the pacers would just be hilarious and you know to the point that you made about harden being traded to a division rival it's fair it's certainly factors into it I think a little bit but at the same time if he has his player option and is indicating that he's going to leave you might as well try to get something from him and what better player to get back when you're sending a division to a division rival a player like Harden than a player an all-star caliber player who hates the guts out of that (laughs) former team in Ben Simmons but then I was also thinking that if Ben wasn't that it would definitely be like this Kyrie Irving situation where Kyrie can't play home games. There's no way in hell Simmons is ever stepping foot in Wells Fargo Arena. No way he would play away games against the Sixers. I don't think he would do that. 
it's going to happen at least one. I think it would. I mean, I he's going to play in the NBA again. Probably. Yes, but I don't know if he would ever play in that would be against the Sixers the away. Funniest thing. I think in he'll the world. Wow. If he never plays at the Sixers. If he goes to the Western Conference, that's one game a year. That'd be hilarious if we, that team just rested him every single exact, time they that's went what to I'm talking about that's what I'm talking about Pat if if you end up winning our bet where Simmons does his next game is not in a Sixers uniform I'm going to double up the bet by saying he never plays in the Sixers home arena ever again I like that I like that I'll take that any book day of the it. week book it book it all right all right all right enough about the Simmons stuff getting me fucking heated I think I messaged in our DMs today, our Twitter DMs, that I'm pretty much at the stage of burning my six my my Simmons jersey. I'm, I'm at that stage of hatred right now, because um, the guy sucks. I used to like him. You you have to live that. Go on Instagram Live. Or oh I, yeah live yeah. I mean I, I'd make a big yeah. deal about it. It would be a big thing. A lot of go attention. Because uh, I was such a Simmons stan. You know, I'm there not gonna were. say I'm not gonna say SS, but I was a Simmons stan. Do you know how many summer league highlights I watch? You watched <laughs> a lot of them. Living with me, sophomore year in college, yeah. Simmons drafted number one. You watched a lot. And what did I tell you? All every single <laughs> time I was me? like I was like, game seven against <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks, he's gonna have an open layup, he's gonna pass it instead because he's got the yips. And he's never going to return to Philadelphia again. And you were like, no. Okay. <laughs> we got We got to get off this Simmons shit. This, that's some SS right there. Simmons shit because he is shit. All right. Warriors. Jack. Mm-hmm. Yes. Steph. Last night, a big game for Stephen Curry. He's out of a shooting slump, it would appear. What, like 44 points? Something like that. Something outrageous. This is his last four games. Well, he last was shooting up forty eight percent from three. So, yeah, I mean, it's over. Still, <laughs> just like the book pandemic, it. Denmark. <laughs> it's over. Go home. And, and if come back. I know anything about statistics, which I passed the classes, the statistics classes, that there has to be. Moving back to the mean, so I mean he's in for like fifty to sixty percent shooting here for the next like two and a half months. I mean, there's no way that that isn't happening. And um, major asset for Ryan's fantasy team. We're about numbers I'm, here. I'm loving what I'm hearing from this uh, very sophisticated so statistical analysis from yeah. a tongue twister. Stats two twelve. I think it was two eleven. Maybe I don't know. Point is clearly. Point is, the man's going to be like 50% from, you know, February to April. No, 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 no. Okay, we're not talking about, let's not talk about Steph here, okay? You know, I just mentioned him as a part of the transition, okay? Get with the program. There's a stigma around the Warriors right now. (laughs) You don't even know what I'm really going to say. Okay. No, I'm, just... no I'm, I'm taking this. All right. I'm just going to jump right in. I'm just going to jump right in. <laughs> you got to transition. You know, that's how that's how these things. No, this is, this is jumping in cold. There's no transition. <laughs> you, 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 
polar plunge. This is a military in. shower. You turn it on and you turn it off. <laughs> so What's back the stigma? on. Water off. What's the stigma that needs to be broken? <laughs> this all right. So look, there's break the stigma. You know, a good campaign stigmatizing mental health very important. But however, James Wiseman. He's a number two pick. He's got... He must have had the worst torn meniscus of all time. That man has not played basketball for so goddamn long. I don't even know. And once again, he like played four games in college. And high school doesn't count because he was probably 6'10 and athletic, so nobody could stop him. My point is, the man just needs reps. He just needs to like hold a basketball. Yeah, that's what he needs. And he needs to go against somebody who isn't a 5'11 trainer. My point is, put him in the G League for the rest of the year. <laughs> well, Maybe not the rest of the year, but for most <laughs> of the year. All right, let's break the idea that the G League would be a bad place for a top pick, right? Most top picks are getting nowhere close to the G League. Okay. Now, obviously, with baseball, baseball has an extensive minor league system that players play in for a long time. Baseball... Very random, but extremely technical sport. So it takes kind of a long time to get it down. A little bit more than basketball, which is very technical. Nonetheless, I, I don't want to get into that kind of argument. But but nonetheless, this guy just needs to play basketball. He's been out forever. The, oil, the Warriors are a well-oiled machine. I almost combined five words into one. But my point is... Twister. Let the man play in the G League. The Santa Cruz Warriors. Santa Cruz is a nice place. Get his reps there. Everybody's talking about, oh, when they get Wiseman back. When they get Wiseman back. It's like, that's going to be a pretty weird cog to stick into the machine. I understand. Ideally, you want NBA reps. But my, but I'm thinking for the Warriors, if they understand the value of the G League, because they've gotten... Guys to develop there. Jordan Poole spent time in the G League. Now he's doing better, right? Kaminga and Mo- Moses Moody, mostly Kaminga, spent a few games in the G League. It's, it's helped <laughs> few him. Few games. Few games. Point is, it's helped him probably acclimate to NBA basketball, get some reps. They found guys like Juan Toscano Anderson, Gary Payton, helped them quite a lot this season. Those guys spent a lot of time in their careers in the G League. I think while, you know, it might hurt his ego, it might have some people questioning how they handle him, how they're handling Wiseman, I don't think it'd be the worst idea if he plays. I I mean, God Lord knows when he's going to even be back. But I think that's all the more reason to play him in the G League for at least a few weeks maybe even a month or so, so that he just gets rep. I, I mean, I, reps. I'm so more thinking about this for his own long-term career than this season because they've proven they're already good. They definitely could use the center depth. Um, and I know they have an absolutely insane luxury tax bill, but I would hope that they might address that a little bit more in the buyout market. That is kind of the one wish list is maybe kind of a veteran center just to add some depth because it's kind of loony and Draymond, but they don't like to play him that much because that is pretty hard on him. Plus, he's out probably for another three weeks. 
So bring back Zaza. Uh, Zaza is part of the front Zaza. front office, part of the organization. Um, put him on, <laughs> put the uniform on. If him. they play the Clippers and Kawhi, will bring back Zaza. I but, um, I have one potential solution for Wiseman Jack. Yes. Send him to the Turkish league because that's where Korkmaz first played. And whew, um, I mean, look at that man go. Hey, <laughs> I I agree with you, Jack. I think that is the best solution for this. I didn't watch too much of Wiseman, but if he looked completely lost, the reasons that you provided about the context of his career, it totally makes sense. So... I'm definitely down, and it just adds to the discussion or the hypothetical of you guys selecting Lil Mello instead, which I love. Because even if I think it's the right move, it definitely I'm definitely going to dog him for it. My conspiracy theory, he's been sent down to the G League to work out a few times. He and Clay did that kind of rehab G League practice with the their G League team. My conspiracy theory is that He's been healthy. They've just been giving him secret practice reps all the time because, to be honest, he probably also just needs straight-up practice reps. So that's my conspiracy theory, which I don't buy, but it's possible. It's possible that he's been ready. And I was talking about Embiid, you know, a similar situation in terms of just not enough games under your belt, albeit for different reasons, but... You gotta love someone's potential when they show flashes of greatness and you know that they can improve on that. And again, I think Wiseman in this offense and or for this team in general is very enticing if it can work out. It just hasn't yet. And so let's uh let's figure it out for the kiddo. Is Wiseman the new Anthony Bennett? Jeez Louise. He's the new Trey Lance, as I outlined a few episodes back. Trey Lancey. Oh, wait, whoa. I I, I called him the wrong name, Taysom Lance. Taysom Lance. What the fuck? Okay. (laughs) Enough about the basketball. Okay. Because it's time to talk. And I'm, I'm looking at you, Jack, straight in the face while I say this. It's time to talk about America's favorite pastime. <laughs> We're talking football. And this is probably the last time. No, second to last I hate time. you. This is probably the second <laughs> to last time we're going to be talking football because the Super Bowl Ever? is two weeks out. No. Not ever. Not ever. We'll always find time to talk football, but this season is coming to an end. And ladies and gents, I don't think anyone would have predicted this Super Bowl. I know people probably thought the Rams could could make it and whatnot, but the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. Hoo-hoo-hoo. They're going to the Super Bowl, and Joey B, Joe Burrow, he seems like a internet sensation, as the boomers or oldies might call him. So, I know Ryan has some thoughts on 
this last weekend's games. So I'm going to let him sound off on that. Uh, I'm going to be like you guys, the audience, and I'm going to buckle up and sit in for the ride. I have no idea what he's about to go off on, but I'm excited. I'm always excited for when Rocco fucking loses his mind. So let's, uh, Jack, are you ready? You ready for Rocco to, to go off? Uh, no. No. Well, okay. You better well, get ready. It's yeah. You I, gotta I get ready. I don't think I can be. Can I? No, you can't. I guess that's, that's a good point. Good point. All right. Let's hear it. I mean, it's not even most of my ire is not revolving around the games that happened the past week in championship week. It oh. actually extends back. to My apologies. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't yeah. transition well enough. There. Sorry. Yeah. How could no, I be ready a... if you lied to my <laughs> face? <laughs> It started with the divisional round where we saw what was potentially one of the best games of all time between the Chiefs and the Bills with the Chiefs coming out on top in overtime. And it was a back and forth affair. We were all watching it. It was an incredible laser show by Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I was loving all of it. How could you And the NFL overtime rules discussion came up because after tying the ball game with only 13 seconds left, getting the ball with 13 seconds left and the Chiefs get a field goal to send it to overtime, they win the toss and march right down and score and everyone is moping. We just watched one of the greatest games of all time and everyone is moping. Why? Because they wanted to see Josh Allen do it one more time. I mean... Everyone complains and says that we need to change the rules so that both teams get the ball, potentially. And for what? For what? Because then the team, even if Josh Allen scores the touchdown to tie it, Mahomes gets the ball right back, and it's the exact same situation that we started overtime with. All you want is more football. You know, It's not actually any more or less fair. Just play some defense. That's part of my other fucking ire with this whole discussion is it's like defense doesn't exist anymore. It's like it's like the Bills couldn't have just, you know, gotten in the way of some of those Chiefs players in that 13 second drive. And maybe you don't even have to worry about overtime, right? I mean, give me a break here. It's as if we just assume that every single drive they're going to score. And yeah, sure, it really feels like it when they're cooking and they're red hot. But if they just scored every single drive, what what is the point? They clearly don't. They clearly can be stopped. So just stop them. Don't worry about any extra overtime possessions. I don't care. You had plenty of possessions in regular time and overtime. Well, they didn't get it in overtime, but I, I just hate this rule. I hate this or this the backlash against the rule. The rule is fine, as is. I don't know. You guys seem to disagree with me on this. Give them both a chance. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) But then what? And then what? Then then Mahomes has it again. Then first score wins. Then first score wins. And anything can happen. That's the exact same situation. No, it's not. No, it's not. What? It's not. Because you get another chance to stop Mahomes. I'm just saying, like, I'm... Like... Your argument makes half sense because if you give both teams a chance, like football is a wacky and crazy sport where there's so many players on the field and so much shit can go wrong that why not 
add that extra opportunity for chaos to ensue. And not going to lie, I watched this game at a Bills bar, so I felt the sadness. I felt the depression after they lost. Oh, man, how was that? Well, first of all, that was like one of the best games, game environments I've watched a football game in because, you know, you're just losing your shit. I, 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 I wasn't cheering. I mean, I was cheering for the Bills, but, you know, I didn't have a dog in the fight. Right. And, but but it was still fun to cheer with the fans when right. <laughs> and Gabe Davis was scoring four touchdowns. <laughs> but I was able to walk away from that bar not hating myself we literally there's this old man who bought chris a shot because they're just loving each other the whole game and when we walk outside the bar he his head is down he's kicking rocks he's literally kicking rocks on the sidewalk because he's he is that down bad so i felt those emotions and i would understand why you'd want josh allen to get the ball back again and i think it could be a little fix i don't like i mean why not give him a chance to because if Josh Allen throws a pick then fuck it then then you know that they didn't win the game but you know I think it's that wanting to know what could have happened that's really bugging people I don't really blame them they just them. saw the, they already saw the greatest game ever they already had make seen it better it. and I feel bad for the, make it better exactly that's exactly <laughs> that's what you make want it better. and I understand <laughs> feeling bad for the Bills fans and I would feel like crap if I lost that game if I was a Bills fan but it's the common fan that's like, this is BS. I want more possessions. It's you're no, you're not even happy with what you just saw, the laser show that you just witnessed. And I don't know. And you know, I think the perfect example of why I think you should stop complaining about the overtime rules happened not one week later, right? And what was hilarious is when the Chiefs play the Bengals, and the Bengals make a tremendous interception to tie it, drive down kick the field goal to tie it, send it to overtime. The Chiefs win the coin toss, and everyone on Twitter is like, oh, the coin is the MVP, I guess. You got Josh Allen saying pain. Well, guess what happened? What happened? Well, did he- Mahomes threw another pick. Did he they stopped Mahomes? Did he tweet that like right after the coin toss? I don't know. Yes. It, okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I just, I just, he wasn't complaining after the game. Josh Allen wasn't, and so I was happy to see that because he was he took it on the chin. But then for him to tweet that after, I was like, all right, get your little internet attention <laughs> off to the side. You're on your ass at home. That's bullshit. But no. they stopped Mahomes. He could have been Bengals standing. They stopped Mahomes. Guess why couldn't the Bills do that? The Bills had the same Because they played the, the best fucking thing. game that you've ever seen, like you said. All right? Like, okay, that's a bad point. Bad point. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> give, just give them a chance. Give, give both saying, teams a chance. Why I, not? That just pissed me off. So, it just just stop that argument, please. No. The overtime no. rules are fine. I'm fine. fine. I'm fine with changing them to give the other team at least one chance. At least one chance. And if you fuck it up, you fuck it up. And if you don't, then we continue to play. Because that's what it's all about, Ryan. We want to watch the game. The last thing that pissed me off so badly these past few weekends on the subject, and I got a specific person to come after here, Nathan Thilaraj, I'm looking right at you as I say this. Ooh, shout out. We see so many of these, you know, two-minute drives, back-and-forth affairs with a lot of scoring right near the end of the game. 
to a point where Nathan was arguing on drives such as the Buccaneers against the Rams. Leonard Fournette has a walk-in touchdown, but there's like a minute and a half left for the Rams to respond. Nathan is saying, fall down. Do not score the touchdown. Keep in mind the team is losing currently and needs that touchdown to go ahead. And I hate this argument too. I hate this argument. The too much time left to, you know, I think it got brought up in the Bengals Chiefs game as well. Take the knee or like don't score. Put yourself, take take as much time as you want. If you have a touchdown, take that for, just take it. Take it. You never take scores for granted. All right. And I don't care how hot Mahomes has been. I don't care how much time is left because he shows that he can score with however much time is remaining. So you might as well take the lead if it's there for you. You take you take a you take a dive right before the end zone just to tick off more time. You have to play against a goal line defense then for the win. Are you, is that a sure thing? Is it as assured as Mahomes scoring on a counter strike? I don't know. I'm boring you guys clearly with this. This got me heated though. No, it just seems Playoff like football. It seems like you have a problem with defensive coordinators and how they approach the game. I guess I do. Sounds like you're failing to account the 100% locked in one yard Tom Brady QB sneak. That too, which is no longer going to be in the league because TB12 has retired. Breaking that news. would have been that would have had to gone against Aaron Donald. I wonder what Tom Brady's percentage is against Aaron Donald if he's ever even hundred percent sneak. Whew. Well, Aaron Donald I, analytics. I hit the. I quickly hit up our R and D department, and they say one hundred percent. There you go. Well, you might want to hit him up again for this upcoming Super Bowl because you're gonna need the stats. <laughs> the bets. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this transition. Anyway, Super Bowl is coming up, and Bungles, L.A. Rams. Not going to lie, pretty pissed the Rams made it this far. Jack, I really thought your Niners were going to win. Put money on them as soon as I sent that text that it was going to be Niners. Uh, Jimmy Mm. G, R.I.P. as a Niner. Don't think he's coming back. No, he's not. Anyway. We got this. This is gonna be a fun ass Super Bowl, I think. So, I immediately put money on the Bengals, just because I'm I'm riding with them. I'm riding with them. Underdogs, bigger payout. Let's go Bengals. Joey B. Jamar Chase is about to run train on Jalen Ramsey. Probably not, but you know it's gonna be a fun a fun matchup. But also, I did I did think of something while we're preparing for this episode. And I think That's I know this is true. Um, first time doing this episode 29 finally took me this long to prepare for an episode. I think I know why Ryan loves T Higgins so much. <laughs> and it's because of the previous arguments we've had in oh, yeah. our no country true. for big men episodes. And now I'm just saying that his love for T makes a lot more sense knowing where he stands when it comes to wide receivers. So no surprise there. We'll see who has a bigger game, Jamar or T Jalen. I think he shadows most of the time. I don't know. 
you analytic people tell me tell me if I'm right or not. I don't think depending he does. On the matchup, uh, depending on the matchup. Okay. Well. But he doesn't go inside. He don't do that. He doesn't. Uh, well, Jamar Chase goes in the end zone. As my boss, the Rams fan, said, we have nobody to guard Jamar. And I was like, in my head, it's like, whoa, you might have the best guy? <laughs> You don't think so? Ryan's shaking. Are you shaking your head because his boss is Yeah, wrong? that's disrespectful to Jalen. That is disrespectful. I was like, well, you know, you, you might you might also have the best corner in the league. He is for sure the best cornerback in so, the league. So, you I know, so. I didn't Trayvon say that. Trayvon Diggs, bro. Because uh, yeah. I didn't want to be like, yeah, actually, you do have the best corner in the league. And, you know, I was being nice. But I don't know. He's a Rams <laughs> fan. So, whatever. Yeah. Well, oh, for a second, I th- I I missed the premise. I thought it was uh, you were talking about a Rams coach said this. No, my boss. Uh, uh boss man. He's very. He's a very. He's very nice. Been very pleasant to work with. He's from. He's from go. Minnesota. Get it in. Get it in. And all of his favorite teams are L.A. related teams. California. It's very annoying. Yeah. Well, I will say something to watch will be how this Bengals O-line deals with the Rams D-line. So that's something to watch. Jamar Chase versus Jalen. J versus J. It just doesn't even feel like it matters. Like I feel like Joe Burrow, like I feel like why even pay offensive linemen? It just doesn't even seem to matter for Burrow. And I don't even know how. They got absolutely decimated against the Titans. They were better against the Chiefs, for sure. Also, the Chiefs' front might just not be as good as the Titans, even though Chris Jones is is very good. But, like, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't even seem to matter. I mean, I, I know I, I say that jokingly, since obviously it does, but nonetheless, like, no, the man also got his knee smashed last year, and it's we've totally I've totally forgotten about that until recently. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot he's coming back from like a major knee surgery. Yeah, no, I mean Joe Cool, you're right. He's kind of negates some of the offensive line deficiencies just with this play, but I will say they've faced some good fronts in the playoffs so far. They're going against the best one yet, though. And I do think that it's going to be a little bit rough. They're going to have to figure out some game plan to stop those guys. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. Woof. I'm predicting that Odell gets his ring. Uh, God, I would hate it. I would hate for LA to win. I'm predicting. It, it does seem a little too good to be true that, you know, I know there's 52 other people on the team or 51 other people on the team but jamar chase his rookie year getting a ring seems a little unlikely but it could happen i mean i don't know yeah i don't know it could happen that that's right that's right jack rookies win rings all the time not quarterbacks but other positions good point good point you know i'm ride or die with the Bengals. i'm loving this playoff run that they're going through right now I already got ten bucks on them. High stakes. Let's go Bengals. Let's go Bengals. I'm I'm excited. Please, LA Rams do not win. I just I just hate LA sports. 
with a passion. Yeah, I'm absolutely rooting for the Bengals. Yeah. It's not even so much that it's anti-Rams, because to be honest, like the Rams, the Seahawks are the only division opponent that bother me whatsoever, and I hope they're terrible forever, and I hope Russ <laughs> leaves. Oh, and But other than that, I'm perfectly, like, the Rams don't really bother me that much. The Cardinals don't really bother me that much. I mean, it's more just how fun the bank, this Bengals team has been all year. And, like, Joe Burrow seems very good and very special and somebody who is going to be fun to watch for the rest of his career. Like a Mahomes, like an Aaron Rodgers, although that's sort of <laughs> kind of coming back around, the fact that he hasn't won in so long a uh, Super Bowl. Right, but right. it's enjoyable Sometimes when a younger guy who's clearly talented can win a Super Bowl, so then you kind of you get the monkey off of his back in terms of like, can this guy win the big one? You know that kind of stupid question that we ask all the time about quarterbacks sometimes, and it'll just be nice to enjoy him. It'll just be you know if the Burrow wins and he's got a ring, it'll just be nice to enjoy him for the rest of the year or for the rest of his career, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Stafford's already had a career. I also Yeah, I was going to say, you talk about monkeys off their back. Stafford winning, that would be the ultimate monkey off his back. I, I mean, I feel like Stafford... He's gotten so dogged for how bad those Lions teams were. And I he was balling see, all the time. It's interesting because I feel, different. I feel like he's been bailed out because everybody knows how dogged those Lions wow. teams were most years, which like sometimes they weren't really that dog, to be honest. And he had Calvin Johnson, and sometimes they had a decent defense. But nonetheless, I feel like he's been the least pretty unscrutinized for a long most of his career. I don't think he's totally deserved it either. Like I almost feel like he's fallen fallen perfectly in like a meh for pretty much what he is, which is an above average QB and and when you have an incredible team and a really talented coach, we've seen what can happen. I will say the Niner safety Ward is his last name. It was Tart. Tart. Apologies. If if he doesn't drop that pick, because that ball was severely underthrown. That was an awful pass. Like 49ers picked that Stafford, completely different conversation. Yes, I would think, but like I'm not entirely convinced Jimmy G doesn't just throw a pick six immediately after that. <laughs> yeah, there I mean, was not, there's <laughs> nine minutes left in that game at that point. Plenty of time. chaos. Like, chaos. we all knew that that matchup, it was like, okay, Jimmy's going to give him one. Stafford's <laughs> going to give him one. Like, let's see what happens in between those <laughs> moments. Funny. And then 49ers drop that one. Yeah. And... You know, I mean that. Yeah, you're right. That that could have absolutely been the difference. Kyle Shanahan not going for it could have been the difference. Mm. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Rams were clearly the better team that day. There's no question about that. I mean, yeah, the drop was just like, I was like, yes, no. That was pretty. That was terrible. It was. I mean, it was awful, and it was like he. So totally underthrows those deep balls all the time. And th- that's how the Niners clinched their win against them in week 18 was an underthrown deep ball. <laughs> I mean, Pain. it's he's Pain. probably going to have one in the Super Bowl. Good. And he absolutely Book torched it. them on man coverage, which he is like the best. 
He is actually like statistically pretty much the most efficient quarterback against man coverage. And it was a third down. Pretty when good they, for an above average quarterback. Or well, a he's meh. Terrible against zone. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. I mean, he did throw a beautiful touchdown pass to Cup that was zone for the Niners. So boom. Look, boom. I think he's solid. I don't think he's great. I think he's in a great city. He's in an absolutely phenomenal situation. That's why they beat the 49ers because their, their quarterback is better than the 49ers quarterback. What makes it sting even more is that that's also a guy that the 49ers were very interested in trading for. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. that deal happened kind of apparently quite quickly without many other suitors. So, Ryan, did you want to say something? No. Odell okay. gets his ring. Okay. So, yeah, Ryan, you, you predict Rams win? We're not going to do score because yes. score is. I think, I, I think the Rams win. I think it's a hopefully a close game, but I do think that the defensive line of the Rams is going to be the difference, and they're going to be all over Burrow. Jack, you think Bengals are going to win, or are you just riding with the Bengals? You think the Rams might win? I certainly hope the Bengals win. I have a hard time thinking that the Bengals will win, but, I mean... I certainly didn't think they were going to beat the Chiefs, so Bengals are winning. <laughs> you probably Let's didn't go. think they were going to beat the Titans either, did you? No, I, I thought they were going to beat the Titans for sure. I definitely Yeah, but it. you're a Bengals stan, or a BS, as we like to do with this podcast. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I am a BS. And I ain't going to BS you with this pick. I'm going Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Bengals. Jamar Chase. Let's see. Let's see. What's that? Seven for 103 and a touchdown. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. He just said that picking the score is stupid, and he just picked the fucking <laughs> stat line. I just love my boy Chase, and I, I got to give him the I run. saw. I've seen Jamar Chase live. Yeah? Something you haven't done. Yeah. Shut the fuck 2018, LSU played Miami in the Jerry Dome, and I was visiting... Uh, old Swaggy. Grant, I was going to say Graham. TCU boy. And we went. Joe Burrow was the quarterback. Wow. This was the year, year. This was oh, the year, year before, before uh. when Joe Burrow, after that season, was a projected fifth-round pick. And I remember walking away and being like, yeah, he was meh. His numbers that day, 11 of 24, 140 yards, zero touchdowns, zero INTs. Jamar Chase, guess what his numbers were? Mm, well, were they were they eighty uh, percent of his passing yards? <laughs> one catch, twenty two yards. Yeah, yeah, okay. Justin Jefferson, five catches, eighty one yards. Okay. So, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, eight carries. <laughs> I watched LSU be Are like. Are you reading the box score? The or do you remember <laughs> this? Before I'm reading the box score. I okay. This. <laughs> okay. I do not remember this. What my part of my point is that it was a particularly unremarkable LSU team that season. The year before, they were maybe the best team ever. It's true. It was very. I was like, man, I saw them. You know, Devin White, Patrick Queen. I mean, I saw those guys the year before. They were absolutely amazing. I was like, damn it. Well, you still saw him. You still saw him. No, I did. It was still cool. Although, uh, uh, 
nobody nobody from Miami is worth noting except for DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. Uh backfield duo. Go Tigers. Don't both of them play True. for the Seahawks too. Yes, they That's do. That's hilarious. And <laughs> I watched this guy, this this man, this like 50-year-old man there with his family. This guy probably like 20 years old in an LSU like polo. He just like runs down to the end of the bottom of the section and he just like flexes. He's like, oh, let's do. And then he runs away and the guy gets up and he's just totally red faced. He's like, fuck you. And, 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 the, and the LSU guy just like, and this is, that guy's right in front of me. He's like the seat in front of me. The LSU guy down at the bottom of the section. Miami dad in front of me is just like livid talking to his family like, I can't freaking believe he'd do that. <laughs> and then five minutes later, the LSU kid starts walking back up. And I'm like, oh God, oh God. It's about to be a stadium fight in front of me. And the dad gets up and he just gets right in his face. He just goes, you, how dare you do something like that? And then, and then the guy's family had to like hold him back. Oh my God. No stadium fight though. I Pat's know, favorite. I was bummed. Rip. That was pretty sad. Also, like, why, why is this guy wasting his energy and time on this? But you Dude, know, college football, totally worth it. True. No country for big men, totally worth it. I like the no country for big men, totally worth it. That's a tagline. Worth all your time. We got our Super Bowl predictions in. Actually, not yet. We have to say the phrase. Book it. All right, now now they're in. Now the predictions are in. All right, so books books have been set. Everything's good. We're going here. Trade deadline's going to be happening soon. That'll be spicy. Super Bowl's going to be happening soon. That'll also be spicy. Whew. All right, next episode, we're going to be bringing the heat. But let's I get mean, to it. Oh, oh, what? I have a massive note section on the winter olympics okay yes <laughs> fire. fire does anybody even know that that's happening like is anybody actually aware of that's happening i mean no yeah yeah but you know what will Are be the happening winter olympics really i mean they really the olympics good question also it's china uh China. Nobody's gonna even see them. They're just gonna like let us know that it's happening. <laughs> where you have to just be like, I guess. Yep. You want to watch some NBA? <laughs> nice. I see what you did there. But you know what is happening next episode? We will be reviewing a movie. Should I tell them what movie, guys? Should I tell the audience what movie? Yeah, I should. I should because they can watch it before we record the next episode. All right. The movie we are reviewing is The Power of the Dog, Netflix's new movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Jesse Palmers, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, excuse me, and um, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. What's so funny? What about the main character? Well, oh, God. No, no, I, I, I'm not. That's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. <laughs> Cody Smith McPhee. Okay. It's not a spoiler. What, Bronco Henry? No, yeah, uh, we're not talking about... We'll, we'll, we'll get to Bronco Henry, but... <laughs> okay. Well, let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. Fucking hunk. Shoutouts. Last week, I believe RJ 
went first. So we're going to go with Jacko this week. Oh, man. Definitely prepared. I don't think I have one. Hmm. I'm trying to think what I've done. I'll give a shout out. This is kind of a preemptive shout out on what I'm hoping happens a little bit, but he's already helped Allie's spring break. Speaking of tying this all together with Miami and Miami football, but my point is I'll give a shout out to Graham's older brother, Brian, a University of Miami alum, lived there for a little while after his graduation. Um, Allie and I headed down to Miami, South Florida for her spring break at the end of the month, getting some sun. It's pretty cold here in Minnesota, so we're just trying to go somewhere warm, somewhere we haven't been. Miami it is. Shout out to Brian for helping me scope out some nice low-key areas that aren't just South Beach to check out in Miami. And uh, all the tips and texts and questions I've been sending him while we're trying to plan this trip, which I will be sending him even more uh, and trying to find, uh, you know, the little, the little, do, do in Miami like a local, although we're certainly going to be checking when out. When would, when would. Woo! Although we're certainly going to be checking out, you know, South Beach and stuff. Shout out to him, answering my texts, being, uh, being a helpful, helpful guide. That's a good shout out. That is a good shout out. Nice. Yeah, it is very, I mean, you know, you're planning a trip. I mean, having a guy who's lived there for a little while and his life doesn't live there anymore, but did for a long time. It's very, I mean, extremely helpful. (laughs) Nice. All right, Rocco, what's your shout out? My shout out is to someone very near and dear to me. My shout out is to Jojo Rabbit MVP, (laughs) baby. We had the MVP discussion last week. And what was hilarious is right after we recorded, everyone started having the MVP talk, the MVP debate. We got to stop inviting him to the Zoom because they clearly are just picking up our conversation topics and running them as their own content. But anyways... I hopefully hopefully us recording on a Tuesday throws them off their schedule so we maintain our uh kind of leader status as the content generators. But again, not trying to take away from the point of this, which is the shout out for MVP. Love you, Jojo. Keep doing your thing. Not gonna, That's my shout out. Not gonna lie, Ryan. You do bring up a good point that we'll discuss something on the pod and yeah, it'll be a couple days later that <laughs> some mainstream media tycoon is just bullshitting their way thinking that they have an original thought it's actually coming from us um i should probably and then we release ours later yes (laughs) as like yeah yeah as proof that we 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 just we're like we want to keep this going (laughs) honestly (laughs) as We say we record this on like a Wednesday or Tuesday today, but it could really be fucking Sunday. And I'm just just like, fuck it. (laughs) You guys don't fucking know. You're never going to fucking know for your fucking lives. Just kidding. Once we start picking up steam, once we start picking up steam, um, I guess you guys will know more about (laughs) if we're telling the truth or not. 
Uh, maybe I'll get someone to edit this shit for me so I don't have to do it every every time I record. And it doesn't have to wait a fucking week to release. Alright, my shout-out goes... <laughs> Just periscope this. <laughs> my shout-out goes to... I don't think this has ever been a shout-out before, so... I'm a pioneer in this frontier, but that's that's a nice little rhyme. Gonna have to write that one down. My shout out goes to you two gents, my fellow co-hosts, Rocco oh, and know. Jacko. Just really love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And each and every episode is so much fun. And I learn from you two and I just laugh so much throughout this process and i hope we continue doing this bullshit because although we are reaching millions and millions of people and they might might not think we're funny i think we're funny and that's all that matters because i i control if we release it or not so who gives a fuck i think i'm funny i learned from me too yep (laughs) it's all i could have ever hoped for Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. Vice versa. Yes. Okay. Vice versa. Right back at you, Pat. And thanks for always hosting and bringing us all the Honestly, best shout transitions. Out, shout out to uh, all your editing as well. See, the, the, that's why I did shout out you guys. So you guys could fucking toot my Throw horn. back at you. Yeah. G- give me what I've been wanting because clearly I'm not upset by anything. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, great epi. Yeah, best epi yet, for sure. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, man, I love us. I love No Country for Big Men. When are those stickers getting here, Ryan? Oh, yeah, I got to get on that. You haven't said (laughs) that. Our people want the merch. If you want a sticker, DM one of us. You you know you you should Text, know by now. DM our 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 uh, email. Twitter handles plug. I'm at plug Patrick Leapart. Uh, great follow, great. Follow. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, that's about it for. We for just today. need your name, your address, your social, social, your bank account number, and your routing number. Don't forget the social. Don't forget to uh, tell someone you and hate your Xbox gamer tag. Yep. Don't don't forget to tell someone you hate to shut the hell up. Um, you know, if if you know, you know. How about that one? Next episode, big three O. Keep on going. We keep on moving this train along. This no country for big men bandwagon. Watch Power of the Dog. Watch Power of the Dog. You got two weeks. Fucking do it. If you don't Honestly, probably a good thing. You don't need to waste your time. All right, uh, that's it. Have a good night.